everybody, it's me, Katiosaurus, and welcome back to Infinite Quest. Before we start, as always, we've got a few announcements, so buckle on in and hang on tight, because here they come. Number one, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash infinite quest. And if you're still kind of on the fence about whether or not you should come join our Patreon family, this week is a great week to join, and let me tell you why. This week's episode of Infinite Quest marks the beginning of the three-month countdown from Eric moving from California to Georgia in order for us to turn Infinite Quest into something sustainable and ongoing. And we are terrified and thrilled and excited and overwhelmed and so excited to see where this next step of Infinite Quest goes. We are setting a patron goal of 150 patrons by the end of April, and with your help, we can hit that. If just one in four of our listeners pledged a dollar a month to Infinite Quest, we would have more than enough support to continue running Infinite Quest through the end of the year. It's a big goal, but like we said last week, your support helps us keep Infinite Quest free and accessible for everybody who needs it. And so if you are interested in joining the Infinite Quest family, head on over to patreon.com slash infinitequest for more information. And now with that, on with the show. So before we go into this, I think one of the things that was like the most interesting for me to realize was that I spent like so long talking about executive dysfunction that I feel like it is very important to note that like the opposite of dysfunction is function. And so like as as we're having these conversations, like it's important to keep in mind that like not every person is going to have the same type of dysfunction. And also sometimes your functions just function and that's okay too. That made a lot more sense in my head and then I said it out loud and I'm now filled with regret. Anyway, so Eric, talk to us about executive function. No, I I think I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think that's that's a good thought to hold in mind like going forward. I totally know what you mean. Um, So what executive, the executive functions of your brain are essentially the sets of processes that dictate what you should be doing at any given time. It's like, I think of it as sort of like the government of your brain or like the conductor of your brain. Your brain can do all sorts of stuff. Humans can do all sorts of stuff. We can do backflips. We can uh, write poems. We can uh, forget to think of a third thing. It's we can do all sorts of stuff, but what we (laughs) actually should be doing at any given time, what our priorities should be, how long we should spend on what we're doing. Those are dictated by these sets of processes in our heads that we call we refer to as executive functions Um, An executive dysfunction is when those things aren't good. They're not good at, at prioritizing. They're not good at figuring out what what should be going on at any given time. Um. It's uh, executive dysfunction comes with uh, time blindness. It comes with an inability to 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 allocate resources, um, both time and energy. Um, So basically, executive dysfunction is the inability to decide and settle on what you should be doing at any given time in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, well, there's actually seven. Eric, did you know that there are seven? I always think of five. All right. I'm, I'm behind. I'm behind you. That's that's okay. Um, so the so like the sort of seven types that they like they define and sometimes they combine a couple of these, which is where you might get five and I have seven. I just read, I think, like a different uh. couple of articles than you did. Um, but so basically like the the sort of seven types of functions, the seven types of executive function that we talk about are self-awareness, self-restraint, which sometimes get rolled into one 
and then nonverbal working memory and verbal working memory with which also sometimes get just get rolled into like working memory um and then emotional uh regulation self-motivation and planning and problem solving which also sometimes get rolled into one or they divide them out so it just kind of depends on like who is explaining executive function in the article that you're reading um but i think it's really interesting because like for a really long time i just thought executive function was like you either had it or you didn't and I didn't realize that there were like so many different types, but I, I mean, it totally makes sense because it's like your brain is doing so many interesting and complex and nuanced processes at all times. Of course, self-awareness is going to be a very different thing than working memory. Like, of course, like one person might be really great with like remembering stuff, but not be great with self-motivation. And so as we're having these conversations, like there, there are so many different ways in which executive dysfunction sort of manifests and shows up. And it's because there are so many different component processes that are like happening in your brain all at the same time with any given task, with any given thing that you're trying to accomplish. And I think that is very interesting. Yeah. So I was going to ask what, Eric, yeah, your phone, I was gonna, your, uh, your phone uh, rang. That was great. You want to turn that off, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't even know how. This is the. This is your old burner phone. I don't know how to do it. You, I'm just gonna. Oh, you, you. You gotta. You push the button on the side, and then you go. You. You put in the the code. Yep. Or you could just turn it off. That also works. I'm just gonna turn it off. That's what I'm okay. gonna do. And this sorry, is really future good. Eric. This is really good podcasting. That's right. <laughs> Well, actually, I really I wanted to ask you what parts of executive dysfunction, like components of executive dysfunction, do you have the hardest time with? Oh, man. Um, and oh, I, I think that changes. Boy. Like there are some days when I have a really hard time with like timelines and sometimes when I have a really hard time with like working memory. But like on the whole, which ones would you say? Like if you could Thanos snap your problems with the, these, you know, those parts of executive dysfunctions away, yeah. which which would they be? Um. I mean, I think for me, a lot of my circles are with working memory um, and motivation because I like one of my kind of shitty superpowers is my ability to like plan and problem solve. Um, but that also is really interesting because, you know, like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to rush into doing this new project because of my lack of impulse control and I'm I'm excited or whatever. Um, but then it's like, oh, I didn't plan ahead. And so it's like, is that impulse control? Is that a lack of, of planning? Like, you know, does that like, which category does that fall into when like, you know, I knock over seven cups of coffee because I was too busy to clear the floor before I built the Ikea shelf or whatever, you know? So there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of overlap. Um, and, and that's one of the challenges about talking about executive function is that you can take any task taking a shower, doing the dishes, you know, putting together an Ikea shelf. And there are so many different minor, tiny processes within each of those like tasks that you could honestly study any of them as like a, a larger commentary on executive function as a whole. And I think that's I just keep saying I think that's interesting, but I think executive function is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you 
you uh, it, it doesn't matter what you're capable of doing because your executive dysfunction is what you act dictates what you actually do. Yeah. And so it, I can you can spend all the time in the world learning to to write really well or or sing really well or, or whatever it is. Um, but if you never actually get there, if you can't organize your your everything enough to actually do that when it matters, then it all kind of feels moot, which, which I think I mean, when I think of executive dysfunction, I don't think about uh, behavioral problems or, or time management, although, I mean, of course, those are things that are highly relevant. But my immediate thought is immense frustration. When I think when I hear the term executive dysfunction, or when I think the term executive dysfunction, I think of anger and I think of frustration um, at myself because I experience that so unbelievably frequently and incessantly. Um, that, Which because, is, because I'm was, not laughing at you, but I want to stress that in like every single article that I read in preparation for this this podcast, one of the things they talked about was that handling frustration is in fact an executive function and oh, yeah. many people with adhd have such a low frustration tolerance that it like it becomes like a vicious circle of executive oh, yeah. dysfunction and i'm just like come the fuck on man i know it's it's insane i mean i think my my two really big ones are um time management and uh time management and working memory are, are my two really big ones um and I don't, I don't know, like if 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 an outside observer were to to you know study me for a month, you know, to watch my behavior, perhaps those aren't actually the two biggest things that affect my day to day life. But those are certainly the ones that I get hit on the in the face with the most, the ones that <laughs> immediately frustrate me and make me mad. Like so, so for all this week, we have we have the YouTube content that needs to go up. We have two extra podcasts to edit for for the next week. Um, we have a bunch of like you and I, both of our Twitch streams need a bunch of like editing and clicky clacks around so that they work in tandem with like the light. There's all sorts of stuff going on and any part of it is useful to work on. But what should be what I should be working on at any given time, what are at least what I feel I should be working on at any given time changes on a, on about a five second switch. Um, I made a video about this, a TikTok about this. Um, ironically, when I was supposed to be doing something else, um, but because because an ADHD person has executive dysfunction, it's uh, ADHD is is a is a disorder of the executive functions. Um, so when an ADHD person is doing something, I want to I don't want to speak for every single ADHD person, but it seems that this experience is very common and is certainly omnipresent for me. Um, but the list of priorities are constantly shifting around. If you have a list of a bunch of stuff to do. Highest priority thing, I'm going to start working on that. And if I can get over the, the, the lack of, um, of, uh, of engagement that comes with executive dysfunction, if I can start working on the thing, I only have about 10 seconds, 15 seconds before... There's a car going by. Before I realize, actually, that isn't the most important thing to do. This other thing is the most important thing to do. So I'll switch to that. Because, of course, because, you know, like any reasonable person, you want to be doing the most important thing. So I'll switch to that second thing. 
and I'll start working on that second thing. And then all of a sudden, about 15 seconds later, oh, actually, no, 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 no. Working on that right now is a terrible idea. You should be working on this other thing that's way more important. And the cycle continues and the cycle continues. So then the options become you can either always be working on the most important thing or what you feel is the most important thing, like any reasonable person would, but then never get anything done because that what that is never stays the same long enough for you to actually complete the task. Or you can accept that you're not, you know, you could you could basically constantly be working on what you believe to be a lower priority thing and live in that anxiety of, oh, my gosh, there's something terribly important that I should be doing right now that I'm not doing, but then actually get something done because that's what it takes in order to buckle down and focus on the task. I have to accept that I know midway through doing this task, I'm going to realize that there's something far more important that I actually should be doing that I'm not doing. But I have to just let that go. Otherwise, I'll never, I'll never settle on a task. I'll just keep bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and never get anything done. And the fury that I feel at myself and the anger that I feel at myself and the frustration and anxiety, I mean, it's, it's absolutely bonkers because there's always, I always, there's always the chance that that thing that you, that you think of that's actually more important than the thing that you're working on actually is more important. A broken clock is right twice a day. And so... There's that fear of, oh my gosh, what if this is the time that I'm right? But I have to not, I can't go down that line because as soon as I do, as soon as I start following the chain of, of my constantly shifting priorities, I'm going to get 2% of everything that I'm doing done and never finish any of it and not hit any of my deadlines. And then well, the world will explode or something. Well, it's, it's funny that you said that because I, I pulled this quote because it's a pretty famous quote about ADHD at this point. Um, but Russell Barkley, who is like kind of like one of the foremost the ADHD dudes, um, said about executive dysfunction, he said, it is not that the individual does not know what to do. It is that somehow it does not get done. That is. And I love that quote because I feel like that's the that's one of the most common questions that I get asked all the time. It's like the activation and the focus it's the how do i start a task how do i motivate myself to do the task how do i get stuff done and a lot of times i don't have a good answer because i struggle with the same thing like i absolutely struggle to start the task you know and and do i have a perfect system no like a lot of times i don't start the task or i put the task off or you know whatever and the the fact that a lot of that is rooted in executive dysfunction and it's not something be like it's not something wrong with me it's not something wrong with the person who can't start the task it's just a inherent issue of like in how your brain functions that was that was kind of earth shattering the first day <laughs> that I learned that because that was one of the first times that I really started to, to think about like, Oh, maybe I'm not broken. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe there's not something inherently terribly, you know, wrong with who I am. It's just my brain works differently. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but well, that, that makes me think of something we talked about with, um, burritos and ADHD when they were on the podcast way back when, um, we talked about um, mental neutrality yeah. and how if you're in a position where you don't like your brain, you don't like yourself, um, going from there 
to self-love is a huge jump. That's, that's yeah. you're going from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. Um, and so just getting to the middle, just getting to neutrality about yourself um, is perhaps the first step. And, and I would argue necessary, in fact, yeah. because in order to understand, in order to sort of to, to love something, it helps to know what it is. And I think viewing, uh, viewing, you know, whatever issues are going on with your brain um, in, a, in a subjective way and, and thinking, I hate them, I don't like them, I wish they it weren't so, how dare I be this terrible person that I am or whatever. Um, that's not useful in terms of solving a problem at all. Um, and being objective about it and thinking, okay, what is actually going on here is, I think, a, an essential first step towards loving who you actually are not loving this idea of who you could be but realizing who you are now such to accept them and go okay that's who i am that's cool well i was gonna do you look skeptical no i don't um i don't look sc- i mean maybe i do that's probably what my face looks like right now um oh, i'm disappointed like, what... i was i was looking forward to getting taken down a peg <laughs> no, no no i mean what i was gonna say was i was gonna save this till the end um because i wanted to talk about like okay well executive dysfunction is a problem how do we fix it Um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is like how often the, the solution that we have has nothing like the, the actual solutions that are offered by experts and therapists and and all of these things. If you look, it kind of has nothing to do with you. And I think that's really interesting. Uh, What do you you mean? Well, so like, I mean, they talk a lot about like, okay, so you have executive dysfunction. How do you fix it? And there are some people who say like cognitive behavioral therapy or, or, or just, you know, like psychology or, or whatever. Like there, there are all these different sort of like mental things, but a lot, a lot of the suggestions about how to overcome executive dysfunction is about your environment. It has Hmm. nothing to do with your brain. And I think that says something profound about how executive dysfunction works right um because for some people like it's so extreme that things like occupational therapists or or that kind of thing can like help you define systems and and work around you know certain things for a lot of people like executive dysfunction kind of just like a process that like runs in the background at all time that is kind of like impairs but doesn't necessarily like profoundly affect in a way where like therapy is going to solve the problem so the suggestions are things like post-it notes or signs or lists or apps or clocks or alarms and and so it's never it's it's this kind of like i like i don't know what i'm trying to say but i think it says something profound about executive dysfunction that in none of the reading that i've ever done has anybody ever been like, oh, here's how you here's how you fix yourself. It's always here's how to, like, put up some post-it notes and a clock in order to assist yourself because this shit is not going away. Like, you just got to build a system. And I think that's. Hugely important. And yeah, hu- like the implications of that are very interesting i I actually did just uh last night i was listening to this podcast called the weekly wuxia um 
I, I, I think they're much bigger than we are, so hi. Um, but now that they're going to hear this, um, but they gave on one of their like they do these little tiny episodes on one of them. They talked about one of the tips for, for overcoming executive dysfunction was actually that it was internal. It was not how do you alter your environment such to such to, uh, I, I suppose, mediate the effects of your executive dysfunction. But how do you actually start to overcome it? Um, and it's something that whenever something like this comes up, my whole brain sort of freaks out, which is very telling and, and something I need to unpack. Um, but what they recommended was um, this concept of healing your inner child. I, I probably, I'm gonna, sorry. I shouldn't have snorted at that. that no, was I, very... know. I, I paused so you could, I know it's okay. But the idea being that there are deep seated reasons for a lot of different things in ways that we behave including trauma, including positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, all sorts of things going on. And so rather than sort of rather than, you know, temporarily altering your environment such to, to momentarily overcome your executive dysfunction, the longer term work is sitting and searching within yourself and going, why is it that whenever I look at my bed and go, I need to make my bed, my whole body thinks I'm going to die. <laughs> Why, why is that? Why is it that if I have a, a work project that's due tonight at midnight, my whole body freaks out and thinks like everybody's going to hate you if you don't get this done and nobody's ever going to like you ever again and you're going to be fired and you're going to live on the street. Why is that the case for me? What happened? Did something happen? Did, am I, am I, is there a cyclical thought going on? And doing that work is terrifying, but it's perhaps some of the work that needs to be done. everybody you did it congratulations you made it to the middle of the episode i'm really proud of you look around you you see that empty glass that's just sitting there yeah that's right i know it's there i can see it i see everything uh you should go put some water in it and you should drink it because you need to drink some water because i worry about you hey also just real quick this week's episode is sponsored by zelool.com that's z-e-e-l-o-o-l.com uh and if you use code kdo that's code c-a-t-i-e-o they'll give you 10 percent off your order of glasses. They sell glasses, you guys. I don't know. I, I, every week, every week, I'm like, zelool.com, Z-E-E-L-O-O-L.com. And I get so focused on spelling it right that I always forget to tell you what they sell. They still sell glasses. They sold glasses last week. They're going to sell glasses this week. And you should buy some of them because it helps support Infinite Quest. You know, just, 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 well, listen to the rest of the show. Okay. Bye, everybody. <sighs> Transition. really important bonus commercial announcement. Eric and I are thrilled to announce that we have big news on the Infinite Quest front. It's that we just dropped the first episode of our brand new web series called Katie and Eric Do Stuff. If you like the Try Guys, if you like, you know, the Bon Appetit Kitchen videos, man, you're, you're gonna you're gonna love Katie and Eric Do Stuff because we do stuff in a kitchen. Well, this first one's in a kitchen. We're going to do stuff a lot of other places, too. Uh, but we're really excited about this new venture into YouTube. Uh, and so if you want to head on over, it's youtube.com slash infinite quest. And that first episode is now available. So surprise, we have a YouTube series now, too. So uh, you're welcome. Even more infinite quest from us to you. We hope you enjoy. 
Also, this first—it's our first one, so so be nice. We're really nervous. Okay, bye. I feel like I fundamentally disagree in like a way that like I've never disagreed with you before, and I well, think I, maybe I, just, I, just... I think I think it might depend on on like the sources that you're looking at. I, because... I do want to state I'm not saying that I fully stand behind and advocate for everything this, but I I just never thought of that, so I thought it was I thought it was necessary yeah. to bring out. No, no, no. I mean, I think it's super valid. And I think that there is a lot of a lot of folks with ADHD carry a lot of trauma for like a lot of different things, like especially people like me who have like a late diagnosis. But like executive function is just a a process in our brain. And so like. I like I really feel like I'm not qualified to talk about this. Like, I feel like I need to yeah. just stop because well, like, I, I like from like, I listen to that and I go, my inner child has nothing to do with the fact that like, I struggle to like organize tasks, but making it about my inner child, I feel like could almost do more damage hmm. because instead of like creating a solution and creating a system, I'm now worried about like the I don't like I don't know I really no I feel like I, I, I should just stop mean. talking because I feel well, like I'm I, gonna I, I I totally I totally know what you mean I think because on the whole or at its on at its core executive dysfunction is a fault in fundamental processes that occur in your brain there aren't they're nature they're not nurture as far as we know um, but perhaps they can be amplified and made worse by external factors and so perhaps my time blindness is a certain level of bad but because of you know uh because of all the times uh i, I was you know my, my i had to give like call my parents in front of the whole class and tell them why i was late in in, in high school or something like that perhaps that made it even worse and that can be sort of unpacked and reduced perhaps okay. Because because ultimately, yeah. I think you're right. It, it, these these are cognitive processes that we're talking about here. These are these are literal things occurring in your brain that can't necessarily be yeah. you know thought well, out of. It's just so weird because like I just like and one of the reasons like I feel like the the gifted and talented Ravenclaw in me is just screaming because I can't find I cannot find a consistent answer. It really depends on on who you look at, because in some of the research that I read, it's like it's all systems. It's all post-it notes and clocks and, mm. and whiteboards and, and phone alarms. And then some people say like, no, it is, it is like trauma work. It is, you know, cognitive behavioral stuff. It's, it's learning how to how like, and so it's like, it's really weird how there's like no consistent answer. And I think yeah, maybe yeah. that is the answer is that it really varies person to person. And some people have had better structures and a better environment and better coping mechanisms to begin with. And so they don't have that like additional, like sort of like latent trauma that hmm. other people might have that can absolutely impact your executive dysfunction. Oh, because, absolutely. You know what I yeah. mean? Like maybe that is the answer, but I just want, I want oh. my brain wants it to be very black and white. But yeah. the problem with talking about any sort of like neurodivergency is like there's literally no such thing as black and white. But I just yeah. like I just want the answer. Like, is it oh, systems yeah. or is it counseling or is it therapy or is it both? Like, what is it? What fixes it? 
but then also that is like there's not a fix there is a a adapting and building and and living with and managing but there's not like a magic button that you push and then one day you wake up and you have time management skills like it's 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 really hard you know oh yeah and i think um i think every instance of for me personally i think every time when i can directly recognize executive dysfunction impairing my performance on a thing uh every time i can recognize this initial fundamental structural thing like the fact that i actually don't know how much time has passed or the fact that um this task that i'm working on that you know a minute ago i thought was the most important task i now no longer think is the most important task it's actually this other thing those sort of base occurrences um but then immediately after that builds frustration and anger and anxiety um and wish that this weren't so and those make it worse those tend to make my perception of time even more flawed and those tend to make my ability to prioritize even more uh tenuous um or my 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 connection to to my priorities even more tenuous yeah um and that sort of i I also want to bring up that sort of brings me on to my i feel like what might be the next section of the podcast um ad break and we're back sorry that's i just i just I made it so i have to cut that out later screamed that, the, that did i really yeah i'm oh, sorry am i really allowed to everybody I, I don't know um but i i there are a couple of things that i do that i think help um i i, I by no means want to to present myself as being somebody who has wholesale overcome their executive dysfunction because absolutely that's not true um but there are a couple of things that i do that help um that i don't hear espoused very often um and i was wondering if we could talk about those things for for a little while if if you would be all right with that dear podcast partner yeah i'm just like i literally like in this moment just realized how frustrated i am about this whole ass topic like yeah because it's like i know a lot about executive dysfunction like i like i know a lot about it but this is the first time i think that i have truly ever felt out of my depth in speaking about it Hmm. because and like that's interesting but like literally all i can focus on is like i have no idea what i'm talking about (laughs) i do do Like I have like I have a lot of idea what I'm talking about, because like I I, like I fundamentally understand and and maybe this is executive function. I don't know. But it's like I absolutely understand the symptoms of executive dysfunction. Like I understand how it manifests in people. I understand, especially like in the ADHD brain, like I, I can talk about that. I can competently and very confidently be like, okay, like, let's talk about the breakdown of a task and what executive function does in the breakdown of that task. All of that. I've got all of that on lock. But the minute, the minute I start talking about, like, how do you help? I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm some fucking asshole on TikTok who talks about sex and ADHD. And I feel so woefully underqualified that, like, I just like I don't want to talk about this anymore. And so maybe that's executive dysfunction or maybe that's rejection sensitive dysphoria or maybe I'm just like. Not okay, but like I 
genuinely am freaking out right now. Like, I just, I want you to know that that is like, I'm cr like, I'm crying. You can't tell this because I uh, the lighting's good, but I'm getting like anxiety about talking about this. And that's very weird. And that's never happened before. So take that inner child. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening. This is weird. Gosh, I'm sorry. Like, I, no, I, I don't. I, don't apologize. I think this is fascinating. Like, I don't like it's. It's the opposite of a podcast breakthrough. It's a podcast breakdown. Oh no, <laughs> we've gotten we've well, gotten to the next level. But yeah, well, I don't like. I don't know why this. I think it's just because. Sorry, and I didn't mean to derail this. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Um, but I I think it's because like live time i'm realizing how frustrating it is to have to kind of accept that sometimes there isn't one answer there's mm -hmm. it's not like writing a paper right like it's not like oh pick a topic and pick a thesis and then you do your like there's no steps there's no process it's just you and maybe a good therapist or some post-it notes or a whiteboard like trying to like cope and manage but like i think sometimes i get so resentful of having to just manage of having to just cope of having to just have nine phone alarms and and you know have the whiteboard and have the post notes that i'm like upset about it because it's like it's just it's always it's 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 a this is a really bad example and now I'm just ranting and I'm very sorry. We can cut all of this out if you want. But like, it was like the day where I realized that I like my myoclonic dystonia was not going to go away. Like, I think that's, it's kind of like that. It's like that moment where you realize like, this isn't something you fix. This is something you live with for the rest of your life. And like, I don't think about that a lot. Like, because like most of the time, like I just kind of like exist with ADHD and depression and and executive dysfunction is kind of like that background process but when we talk about it and we bring it to the forefront like the anxiety and the 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 sadness maybe of like realizing that like oh there's no off button there is no there is no part where like this ends like it's just this this is what i get and like, I feel like maybe that is where some of this is coming from, is from that like moment of like, I'm always going to struggle with tax. Like I can, I can get better. I can build systems. I can build structures. I can, I can do cognitive behavioral therapy and, and, and get better. But all of that is for a baseline that other people just wake up with in the, in, in the middle, like they just wake up in the morning and they can just go do the thing. And sometimes that is very overwhelming to me. I think that's what I think that's what that is. I just worked through that. Just worked through that right here on the podcast. I'll stop talking now. No, Katie, I love you so much. Please always copy. talk. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I I sorry I broke the I, podcast. <laughs> no, you, you you didn't. You just you, you changed the podcast. You done changed it, and that's that's oh, fantastic. No, that's fantastic. I I think. You know, the last couple times when we've been trying to figure out what we're going to talk about, I, I've brought up executive dysfunction a couple times, um, and we haven't done it until now. And I think, I, I think, geez, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this, I think, I think it's because part of me is doing the same thing. Part of me is realizing 
that I am always going to have to work to do what other people wake up already doing, organizing their, 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 their day in their mind and, and understanding how time passes. I'm always going to have to work hard to achieve what other people have as baseline. Um, and I think honestly, there's a, there's grief in that. I'm part of me is mourning the idea that one day this will all be gone. And one day I'll be such a, uh, a, a something person, uh, an ubermensch, uh, <laughs> like some mental superhero um, who, can, who can organize their whole day and stick to the, 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 the schedule that they've written out and made the phone calls and done the emails. I, that's never going to happen. Um, I mean, I can get to something that looks like that, but it's going to take a lot of work and yeah. effort over time. Yeah. And that's not my strong suit. And I think, I think part I, of me yeah. is, is genuinely grieving and yeah. for, for the freedom that I would have if I didn't have to deal with executive dysfunction all the time. Well, also the fact, like, I don't know if you have this, but again, we've fundamentally changed this entire ass podcast. But like, I can. I can stick to a schedule. Like, I, I have been a professional stage manager for years. Like, I'm excellent at sticking to a schedule. I'm excellent at showing up at work on time. I'm excellent at, you know paperwork and filing and, and all of the shit that like a person with ADHD is not supposed to, but the energy cost and the expenditure and the stress of, of doing that, of doing the thing that I think for a lot of people who don't deal with executive dysfunction come so easily. Like that's where I start to get really resentful because it's like, yeah, I'm very successful. I'm very good at what I do but you have no idea how much it cost me on the back end. You have mm. no idea. I mean, you do like you, Eric personally do, but like the proverbial you, the Royal you, um, like, they, like, I don't think people see it. And I think that's one of the hardest things about having a neurodivergency is, is we, when we have our shit together, when we are functioning, when when we are overcoming that executive dysfunction, the huge energy cost, mm. the huge amount of effort that we expend just to get through the day like a functioning human being is so much higher. But like we don't we don't talk about it a lot. We don't we don't address it a lot, you know? Yeah. It's, we just we just go, oh yeah, let's I don't know. I mean, I, I think perhaps part of the reason we don't address it and talk about it a lot is because it's, it's, it's not just hard to talk about with other people. It's hard to think about just with yourself, within yourself. It's hard to think about and address because it's infuriating a lot of the time. It's, and it's yeah. angering and it's frustrating and it's fucking unfair. And so <laughs> every time I swear for the first time on a podcast, I'm like, oh, we can't put clean on this episode. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm perhaps this sure. is going to be the one, but no. I always swear um, way before you. It's fine. That's true. Um, but I think perhaps part of the reason we don't talk about it, perhaps the reason I, I won't speak for other people, perhaps the reason I don't talk about it is because I immediately get really mad and really frustrated and I start spinning out and I feel like I look like an idiot. And I, I, and, and I, and I feel like I'm making it worse for the other person for some reason. Like, I feel like by knowing 
I, I mean, I think it's part of it is self-aggrandizing. Like, I'm worried that I'm going to describe it in such a wonderfully accurate way that it's going to get worse for them, you know? So I, like, I keep it to myself because I don't want to, like, which is stupid. I mean, that's so, like, I'm, I'm not that good of a writer, but <laughs> part of me is afraid of that. Um, but I, I think just the amount of energy that, that it takes. I mean, also, so I, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. I talked about it w once on TikTok. Um, but I'm also an alcoholic. Um, and so an enormous amount of energy is spent every day for me resisting the urge to drink. Like, an like, like half of all of my energy goes into resist at any given time. Right now, as we're recording this, I'm putting an enormous amount of energy into not drinking and to not thinking about how I'm going to drink when we're done recording into all of it. I won't go into the grim details of it. But enormous amount of energy is going into that. And so once I've got that sort of unlock for the next minute or so, I can then spend the remaining energy trying to figure out how I'm going to spend this next minute. And an enormous amount of that is trying to conceive of what a minute is and what can be done in a minute because my understanding of time is so shitty. Um, and we're just, you just constantly, as you whittle away at the available energy and the more neurodivergencies you stack on top of each other or, 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 uh, mental disorders, whatever you want to call on top of each other, the smaller that margin of available energy left is. And I think through training, both in the, uh, both in the culinary world and in the classical music world, I've learned that I, I well, oh Jesus, I think that's why I'm so, why I care so much about efficiency. Holy shit. I think that's why I care so much about efficiency. Did you just have a podcast break? This is a very wanna, podcast breakthrough heavy <laughs> podcast, Eric. I mean, I don't want to cheapen that term, but maybe. But a lot of the times when I can't start a task is because I know I'm not going to do it the most in the most efficient possible way. Um, and I have a number of ways that I deal with that. Um, but a lot of times I don't do things because I know it's not going to be the most efficient possible way. And I think that comes from my perceived scarcity of 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 ample energy of of expendable energy and so if i only have five percent of my available energy at any given time into the creation of things and to and to the the you know accepting the world as it is and giving back to it or whatever the hell enjoying the the world calling to me um then i have to make sure that all of that energy is spent efficiently and the idea that I don't is terrifying. And it absolutely makes my executive dysfunction worse. Because if I'm not going to do it the most efficiently, then I should just not do it and spend that energy elsewhere. If I'm not going to clean my room the most efficient possible way, then I should just not clean my room and just put, well, fuck that, and then spend my time doing something else that I perceive to be important. Editing a video or editing a podcast or something like that. Um, and I, 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 oh, I had something. Um, so, I mean, so, something to, to, to perhaps be useful for one second. Um, something that I do to combat that is to just deliberately do things inefficiently. Think like, I'm going to do this inefficiently. All right, screw it. Like, I'm just going to deliberately do this inefficiently. And that at least gives me some semblance of like a feeling of control. Um, but that helps a little bit. Um, I also, to, while, while, I'm, while I'm being useful, I suppose, um, one of the biggest helpers with that is I, I, I put aside the notion of becoming motivated. I think I hear a lot from, from people um, messaging me and comments on my videos and stuff and people emailing us about getting motivated. And I think 
sometimes in my response to not being motivated is to put aside the importance of motivation, to just completely table the concept of motivation, um, which I believe is a Shakespearean word to table as a verb. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Why did I say that? Um, to put that notion aside and just think, how long can I do this unmotivated? How much can I just, how, how long can I white knuckle this task doing the dishes? So completely, how much can I just physically force my body to do this task or how long? 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, whatever it is, the smallest possible unit of time that you know you can physically force yourself to do a task for and set a timer for that amount of time and do it for that amount of time. So if there's a bunch of dishes and shit in your room for 30 seconds, I'm just going to experience the discomfort of bringing those dishes back uh, and then doing it for 30 seconds. And then at that point, sometimes you might have enough momentum to, to keep going. Anyways, um, I was talking about excess energy and expendable energy and, and stuff. I don't know. Um, I'm just really, I, I think, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for you, Katie, but, but I, I think I know you well enough to know that we're, I think we're both, as we're discussing this, realizing how much, like, I don't want to say deeper this goes, whoa, but whoa. How, 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 how insidious this is. It's, it's, it's. It's sort of like there's that joke, um, one of my favorite jokes, that there are two young fish swimming along in the ocean when an older fish swims past. The older fish says to one of the younger fish, hey, boys, how's the water? After a moment, the two young fish swim along, and one turns to the other and says, what the fuck is water? I think I love that joke Colder, so much. Bro. Thanks. Well, because it's, it's, it's uh, to, to paraphrase uh, David Foster Wallace, I got to pull out my straight white mail card. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's a thing that we talk about David Foster Wallace. Um, the purpose of that joke is that the things that are the most ubiquitous and the most consequential are often so ubiquitous that they take a lifetime to even notice that they're there and they're very difficult to talk about. And I think my executive dysfunction is very much that way is it's so everywhere. It's so much so the water that I swim through that it's hard to even identify and talk about. It's a really, really good way to put that. Like, honestly. Because, yeah, just the, the amount of energy and focus that it takes to just, like, work through the dysfunction in order to function a lot. It's and like, like swimming through molasses. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, and I think, like, we both have exceedingly complex sort of mitigating factors. Like, you are an alcoholic. And I deal with chronic pain. And so every day I wake up and my hands feel like they're on fire. Um, and that takes a lot of energy, you know, like that sucks when you're just fucking spine feels like it's melting out of your body. And so like the, the mitigating factors make it so much more complex because it's like how much energy are you spending thinking about drinking how much energy am i spending thinking about like my hands not working you know and and it's it's it just gets to be so much sometimes that i feel like conversations about executive function turn into conversations about just so much more than that very quickly yeah. because of all the water that surrounds us all the time yeah that i really like uh, something that my mom and i do is we've named our depression um and that helps us sort of identify it and and perhaps come to terms with it mine's name is mildred which is kind of cool so you know if i'm depressed it's like oh mildred's here 
um, which is fun. It sort of adds some levity to the situation. But also, I mean, ultimately, words are just things that I circle concepts so that when we want to refer to a concept, we don't have to describe it every time. We can go, okay, this thing, let's call that an, an, an elephant. <laughs> that thing over there, the, the elephant. We don't have to say that big, huge thing over there with the trunk. We can just say elephant. Cool. And so with executive dysfunction, I mean, the term executive dysfunction already exists, but that's sort of a wordy, weird thing. And, and, and if you, I mean, if you do, if you do research, dear listener, if you do research on executive dysfunction, you're going to find so many different, there's no, there doesn't seem to be like just canon. Like this is what, you're going to find articles saying the eight types of executive functions or the, the five types of executive dysfunctions or like, is, is ADHD inherently part of executive dysfunction or is executive dysfunction a result of ADHD? It's, it's a wormhole. Um, and so anyways, for that reason, I think to yourself, even not just to talk to other people, but to yourself in your own head, um, it's useful when you arrive at a huge concept that's so, that's very ubiquitous and therefore hard to talk about, like, like the water, like water, um, to name it something so that you can go that because a lot of energy gets expended just arriving at that concept again, such to, to sort of think of it and deal with it. But if you can think of your executive dysfunctions as, um, you know, as being Steven or something like that, I don't know, perhaps, perhaps. That's the name of your uh, great axe, not be, my depression. It is, it is the name of my great axe. Do we have a that naming contest for my depression? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Agatha? No, that's Rich Victorian Widow's name. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, far no. Far, let's let's keep Farkleston pure. I like the name yes. Farkleston. There's Farkleston. a lot of potential there. <laughs> hey Eric, you know what we never did? What's that? Oh, the, the second attended video. Executive oh. dysfunction. Gosh. All right. Um, well, everybody, that episode turned into something very different than what we intended, and that's totally okay. And and, and and I think kind of awesome. I'm not. I'm not sorry. So there you go. Katie's sorry. I'm not sorry. So that nets <laughs> that nets zero. That's a net zero. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna sit and think about life for a little while now. So yeah, I feel like I need to stare into the middle distance for a second. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, enjoy the enjoy the outro music. Bye, everybody. Transition. Well, everybody, that's our show for this week. So from all of us at Infinite Quest, thanks so much for listening. We know that this week's episode got a little bit vulnerable at the end, and we just kind of wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being a community where we can have these conversations and feel safe and supported and know that maybe somebody else out there is feeling the same way we do. And that really means a lot to us. So just know that we're really thinking about that this week and that we appreciate you a lot. Oh, no, I made the closer vulnerable, too. That's okay. I feel like that's probably fine, given the context of the episode. Uh, well, hey, speaking of a community, we have some new patrons that we'd like to shout out this week. Um, so a huge Infinite Quest thank you goes out to the following folks. Special thanks this week goes out to Lizzie and Teresa and Nova and Sylvie and Rebecca and Id and Alex. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for your support. And also, I just decided in this moment that if you support us next week, I'm going to write your name and do a song. So, if you've been waiting, this is your moment. Next week, you get a song. So, 
from all of us at Infinite Quest, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Remember to take your meds. Remember to drink water. Remember to be kind to yourself this week. And just remember, we love you. See you next week, everybody.